The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the Dandy Mini Mart in Ithaca, New York, as we gird our loins for battle against the fabled Dandy Lion. That's and yes, <laughs> that hurt my soul a little to say, but hey, we're back. And from that introduction, you can tell we came in with no plan at all. So what do we got? We're sitting Rob? and lingering because there's such a huge line here. We can't really go in there. That's the thing. And I mean, any station. With a, a man with a mustache and the arm garters as your logo. I saved the bag. Oh, did you really? Yeah, when I went there last time. Well, that's time. the thing. We, we've uh, said some things about places that either aren't here anymore and never were, but this place is legitimately a real thing. Yeah. We've been there many a time. And I've one thing we saw out here, there was a big wrestling car in Elmira, and I think we had some names like Tito Santana was on it. Yeah. And we actually saw Tito's car. We did, because Tito came to... The Collector Fest. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, you know? shout out to guys at the Rochester Collector Fest. And the only thing is, we were, because we knew that Tito was driving because he was on the phone. He's from Jersey. Yeah, he lives in New Jersey. So we walked around and as we were leaving, it's like there was one car in the parking lot with a New Jersey license plate. So he must have just drove in. Yeah, he just drove if in. If you see him, you know, rag on him because I did find out later on he's a huge Yankees fan. Which, Which is, is weird because he's from Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, he's from Texas, played football in British Columbia. Yeah. But I was thinking a little bit about wrestling here, and one of the things we've talked about wrestling on and on, but one of the couple things we've not talked about, if you could have any era, your dream matchups, if you have a couple, I know. I See, I have a couple. a couple, and now we're to, to lay the baseline for anybody that would eventually like to jump in with suggestions, this is... Person in their prime, regardless of era, versus another yeah. person in their prime, regardless of their era. Yeah, so exactly. Well, lead us off. Who do you have? Let's see how many. People I have over. one of the ones I think would be perfect. Would be Shawn Michaels HBK against Ricky Steamboat. That would be a good one. Could you imagine the athleticism? But which Shawn Michaels? It would be pre- probably pre- the arrogant pre- bastard one. Pre God, the the Shawn DX, Michaels, the DX. Mm. Sean Michaels, the arrogant, because the one thing Sean said, he admitted, you know, I was a jerk. Everybody hated me, but he always said, and nobody argued, he gave his 100% in the ring. Absolutely. And it would work a lot better, him being the pompous guy you just want to see beaten up versus Ricky the Dragon, well, who could not be a heel I don't ever. think he ever was a heel. No, they said he was one of the one guys who could never be a heel, because who would believe it? Yeah. I'd like that, because it's, you know, and... Two guys who are masters of athletics. Yeah. And you have the one guy like Sean who's a lot better talker. He can carry that over, be the heel, getting all the hype. Well, that's and then what, people are going to cheer their well, heads off when job, Ricky yeah. beats the hell out of him at the end. See, that would be 
a great match if they would have been born 20 years earlier. What yeah. happened? Like Flair. Well, they they might have. You never know. They might have done something when Ricky was like older, just a little. Because remember <laughs> the match where Jericho did the thing with the four different guys. Yeah. It didn't Steamboat. He was in such good shape. Didn't they carry that one out with? Yeah, Jericho they resigned him. They brought him in as a one night thing, and he actually was really good. So they signed him on for like a couple yeah. weeks. All right, let's see. See, I would go, you know, like a grapple match, you know, because I was born far too late to see the great, uh, you know, like Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk matches. So that would have been something interesting. But I think one of them against, like, a really good modern-day wrestler. Well, I know Backlund and Briscoe had a program back in St. Louis. And Backlund said the problem with this, and this comes from his book, was when you have two faces – what you have to do is sort of make one of the match sort of a little bit of a heel, yeah. but you can't go overboard so they boo them, but then at the end they make up like somebody just... Yeah. But I guess they had a program. Well, it was like the whole uh, the Pedro Morales-Bruno San Martino thing. Yeah. How did they make that work? But well, they, they made they were tag team partners, yeah. they were blinded, but then they could just have like a little misunderstanding, but then they <coughs> make up at the end. Maybe yeah. Bret Hart one of those because he could really wrestle well. I'm thinking like a, a Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle against your... Uh, because you want it to be competitive. Bruno? Danny Hodge? Uh, Danny Hodge may have done it because he was not only a really, really... Yeah. Uh, the go bet- back. You want to go back. How about Gangle against Vern Gagne? Yeah. But, I mean, Danny Hodge, considering he was probably the best wrestler that ever wrestled. Yeah. And he understood the business, so he wouldn't... He knew that he could beat everybody, but he let them beat him because he knew it was a business. Unless you goofed with them, probably. Then yeah. you didn't want to mess with him like didn't Antonio Inoki try to take Bruno off. Yeah, well, the, the, there are many schools of thought about Inoki, and not many of them are very good. No. Yeah, he converted to Islam. Yeah. Which is very strange, but hey, whatever. That's interesting. It's different. You know, I actually thought of it for the fact that he can't wrestle, but he was a big draw with Hogan. Did you know almost WrestleMania two was almost Nikita Koloff versus Hulk Hogan? Oh, that would that the WWF would have sunk. You know, that's well, that's the time Koloff was really hot. Think about the era. Think about the era of the evil Russian. Right, but at the same time, it wouldn't have drawn as much. As, there would well, that was been... Bundy. That was the one against Bundy. Well, true. Because what they were going to do, I guess, Koloff was really hot in WCW, NWA, and they were going to start trying to sign him. And what they told him, they promised him WrestleMania. But at the time, NWA and WWF were about the same on par, so you were making good money in either. So he figured I'd hold out, you know, hold out for a year. But what happened then was the Andre thing. Yeah. So then all they could offer him was an intercontinental run. So he said, the heck with that, I'll just stay in. Well, and the problem I have with it is, you know, because Hogan is a much bigger man than yeah. Koloff was, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. Because with with Bundy, you know, you had the giant, a, yeah. a giant man who could easily have just, you know, yeah. and he looked like the monster. You know, no offense, may he rest in peace. Oh, yes. Five. But, you know, it wouldn't have worked with a guy on his size or smaller like Nikita Koloff. It had to have been some big... That's why I wonder about Monster. Bruiser Brody against him, too. Oh, Brody would have destroyed him. Yeah. Because there were rumors about him later on, but then he got killed about him yeah. maybe coming in. Because I thought the other one, too, in terms of athletics and whatever, you know, this is not personal in terms of what they've done, would be Snooka against the Macho Man. Yeah. But we all know Snooka. You know, he's he's found his peace in some manner or fashion, but... 
Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but his history speaks for itself. Yeah. And that's all we will say. Yeah. It's just we did bad. meet him. He was very pleasant. God, how long ago did we meet him? It was like... Before this happened, he was sort of coherent. Like he said brother act of a lot. 2014. I think it was very soon after that that, uh, what, the CTE or the dementia kicked yeah. in. Yeah. But in any event, how about the Iron Sheik? Because everybody remembers, you know, the the the, club, the Persian clubs, and the mustache and the boots. But he was a very, very good wrestler. And he actually came up. He was Cosgrove Viserys, real name. And he came to Vern Gagne, and he wanted to do the evil gimmick. Yeah. Because he was a bodyguard for the family of the Shah of Iran. Anybody that's seen the documentary probably know this. But he came to the United States. He, um... Was he on the Olympic? No, he was on the Iranian Olympic Did team. Did he train the Americans? He was on then? the Iranian Olympic team for the 68 Olympic Games. And then he he worked with uh, the U.S. Olympic team. I was confusing him with uh, Adnan, Adnan Al-Casey, who defected from Iraq. And but wrestled coach, in front of Saddam Hussein. Yeah, and coached at, uh, he coached at Oklahoma State. Yeah. But, and, but he was a very good wrestler. And the thing about him is he loved America. He loves oh, America. Oh, yeah, he still loves America. But I remember as a kid, though, I always loved the idea of the heel with, like, the nefarious gimmick that everybody knows, but the ref never gets. And the good old loaded boot, the yeah. pointed boot that he would just bang yeah, and they would bang the hands with. That he would bang to, what, sharpen the curl somehow? <laughs> or there was something in, they would say there was, like, a piece of steel or something <coughs> Yeah, in some the lead shot that he was going get it down up to there. his toe. And, of course, everybody knew but the ref. Yeah, amazing how that happened. I mean, that's really, but that's the whole idea. Like the animal said, the animal used to tell the refs if they catch him with the object to disqualify him. Yeah, because otherwise you're gonna it, you're gonna blow the business. But you up. think how perfect that was? How he would do it where all the fans know what he's doing. Yeah, and this was back in the day before smartphones and the internet, so you didn't know who the hell these guys were. No, you know you couldn't have looked up, uh, you know, the Iron Sheik and see, oh, he's Khosrow Vasiri from. Tehran, Iran, really. Well, you imagine, again, the animal where he was a teacher. Yeah. And students would not know. He was in the he was in Michigan, and he would come and wrestle here during the summer, and he could do this. And at that time, nobody knew it was him because they didn't see the programs. Right. Every now and then he would say a student who used to get wrestling magazines would ask him, and all he'd say was, what, you think I'm that ugly? Yeah, because when he came to New York and Pittsburgh— because that's really where he cut his teeth. They didn't allow masked wrestlers. And he was a masked wrestler when he wrestled around And Michigan. we know this from who? From him when we met him. Yes. Um, but he was, you know, he was one of those other ones. As he, as he put it when we went and saw him at his book signing, the guys are bigger and stronger now, but we were a hell of a lot tougher. Just shaking hands with them, or like, oh god, he gave me his hand to put like by his throat. Just yeah. muscles, these guys. Yeah. Any wrestler we've ever met. As you find out, if you see them in person up close, even if you think they're a small wrestler, how big they are. Yeah. Jimmy Hart. Yeah, because on the TV, he looked like that tiny little, you know, tiny little man who was just a fly in your ear. But no, he was what, like six foot, six foot one? Yeah. Bigger guy than I thought he was. And Chris Jericho, too, who's actually pretty meaty and big. They're all Yeah, see, I missed that one because I was sick. And the only reason I didn't go down is because he was on, he was touring with Fozzie. Yeah. So I didn't want to obviously give him the flu or whatever. No, I had. that, that would have been good. But whatever play. But what, I had. what's amazing though is all of them. There's none of them are small. And they're no. all 
big guys, even the small guys. That's the thing. Even the small guys are pretty goddamn But still, in terms of real life, I think almost everybody points to, in terms of the best angle ever or the top five, was the million-dollar belt angle. Oh, God. I remember catching that a little because I I was growing up at that time. I just remember the the vignette they did when he, he goes into the... The the jewelry store and has a cloak on and just unfurls the cloak like a 1930s, you know, you know, robber baron in a movie. Like I'm here to pick up the million dollar. And see belt. if you can follow this, okay? Ted DiBiase came back playing a character called the Million Dollar Man, and the perks of this character in real life were because this was the era of KFAB. They put him up in yeah, for, he flew limos, first class, five star because they said you can't see the. The Million Dollar Man like, staying at the cheapy like hotel. When they would do the smaller towns, he would go into the gas station, buy a pack of gum, pay for it with a $100 bill, and then make a and fuss about it. And he was actually hesitant about having Virgil carry And Virgil was actually named, it was a dig at Dusty Roads, Virgil Runnels. Yeah, and isn't it weird when he went to WCW, he, he became Vincent. But and he and a side note, follow his Twitter. He's hilarious. But he didn't want to have him carry bags. But he, even Virgil, he got the characters. You think the Million Dollar Man's going to carry his bags? Yeah. So what happened was he wanted to buy Hulk Hogan's belt. Hulk Hogan refused him. So he so, paid Andre to get the belt. Andre won the belt now, in, you, in dramatic can fashion. Can we follow this? See if you could stay with this. The pin was controversial because he violated Because he soldier. got his shoulder up. Then there was a fast count. So what happened was Earl Hebner's referee, literally another Earl Hebner runs out. Yeah, came out. Because the Million Dollar Man got some homeless guy and paid for him to have plastic surgery to look like the referee Earl Hebner. In real life. Turns out, in reality, it was his twin brother, Dave. Yeah. But people bought it. John Cena always says that was the angle. Yeah, he said he was angry at the TV and the the Million Dollar Man for it. So after, obviously, the belt was... Andre had the belt for all of, like, ten minutes... And he's not recognized as champ, no. is he? No, he is not. So he turned it over to the Million Dollar Man, at which point the WWF took it and made the tournament for WrestleMania Four, Which ended up with the Macho Man. Which ended up with the Macho Man winning the winning the belt. No, wait, Hogan won the belt. No, it was the Macho Man. Because remember, it? it was Hogan and Andre got this Oh, that's right, he beat the Million the Dollar Man. man yeah. Against Million Dollar Man. That's right. Because then the next year, Hogan took the belt back. Yeah, after their tag team exploded. Yeah. You know, the Macho Man in real life was his little... Nuts. Yeah. Great wrestler. One of the yeah. best. But renowned, as he said, is a little... Intense. Too close to the character. Intense, as most he people make, Can it. you imagine if he would have made it in baseball because he was a catcher? Yeah, he was. He was a. He was a, in... The Cardinals, was it? Yeah, the Cardinals, Cardinals or the Reds, one of those two. If it was Cardinals or Reds, but can you imagine he'd probably do the flying elbow to get home? But, and that's another thing. A lot of people, you know, forget that some of these guys had lives outside of wrestling. Oh yeah, you know, like um, who would who would be the the really... one a real interesting example? Johnny Roz, the jobber for W. He's a renowned jeweler, really. And a lot of guys got him like superstar Billy Graham would show off a ring oh. and say Johnny. Well, still, but it was yeah. the era. But Johnny Roz, the jeweler, and he's like a jeweler. Well, and then you had um, you know, the big cat Ernie Ladd back in the seventies. Down in Mid South, he was a hell of a football player for the San Diego Chargers. I still think he should get Fall of Fame consideration. I think so, but probably because he played most of his career with the AFL. Yeah, only Billy Shaw. Only Billy Shaw, the only player in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But that would be another thing too. In terms of sporting events, is there anything you just 
like to see maybe once like a certain type of sport or a certain thing you've never seen before? Like live. On, live? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, because you can watch anything on TV. Yes. I'd like to see curling. High-level Olympic curling. Or Olympic games in general. Yeah. You know, to see... Because I've watched, you know, we watch the Olympics on TV. You know, I've seen the U.S. National Championships on TV. Um, I've been to Division Three National Championships. Did you know games. they did them naked back in ancient Greece because <clears throat> they wanted to make sure they weren't space aliens? That's a sad thing to call women. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, that is true. They competed in the nude to make sure that women didn't come in. And, well, interestingly no, enough. No, actually, theories, the ancient astronaut theories say they want to just make sure they were yeah, okay. actually oh, oh, Okay. Okay, thank you, History Channel. Remember when you actually did history? Because <laughs> uh, we don't. But no, in, uh, interesting sidebar. What was the, the the games in 2004? The games were in Athens? I always forget. It was 2004. The games were in, I'm going to roll with 2004. The shot put event. It was held at the ancient, at the ancient Olympic Stadium. It was the only event held there that year. And I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But the first woman, the female shot putter, who was the first throw in that Olympics, was the first woman in world history to ever compete in an athletic event in that stadium. Oh, that's and there's a question I thought of, and I honestly don't know the answer. Why did they stop the games originally? Because when they restarted, in what, like 1896? They restarted so? the modern the modern. Well, why Olymp- did they stop originally? I actually don't know. I don't know. Because I always, you know, when yeah, you're Yeah, because kid, it was the ancient Olympic, the ancient Greek games, and I'm, I don't know. Maybe because of the... That things crumbled and everything. I guess maybe the empire fell. Always, and... Because obviously they didn't bring in people from Persia. Or no, back places. then it was only Greece, and I think only the one city state. I don't think they brought in people from other Sparta parts of Greece. Sparta or any of these other no. places. I tend to doubt it. You know, guess what, people? Read your history. The Spartans weren't as good as as the movies. No, you hear them, but we'll never be slaves. Yeah, they had slaves. <laughs> oh, they were disgusting, disgusting. I mean, Thermopylae, but actually, Greece. Really, you don't think about Athens. They saved. Everything, oh, the yeah. battle, like the last battles, the Battle of Marathon, and everything. They're the ones in the sea battle, Salamachus. They're the ones who actually saved the civilization. Yeah. Thermopylae really happened. Yeah, Thermopylae really happened. And but it's, it a wasn't, good, it's a good story, though. It's a great story, but in the end, the 300 Spartans were slaughtered without mercy. Yeah. There Don't, was no, there it, was no grandstand where we will die. Then we will die in the shade. No, that's actually the thing about that guy. He did. From say what I've that, read, though. he really did say that. <clears throat> yeah, right before an arrow hit him in the face. Yeah, but he actually really did say that I'll fight in the shade. Yeah. Plus, that is not freak Darius there. Yeah. It's... Well, they showed. Have you seen the horrible sequel to the movie? No, I will they not. They show it. this little guy with a beard going into a vat and turning into that guy. Yeah, that's another thing. Xerxes wasn't a seven foot tall, androgynous looking man. He was a short, squat, ugly dude with a beard. But and, the, a bad and, and of course, the armor they wore was all wrong, how they dressed of and everything. Of course. But I was going to ask a question in terms of viewing the Olympics or if you wanted to see something like that. Some events. You see better on TV, some you see better live. Do you think, like, if you went to a stadium and saw that, would you really get the, or is it better just to watch the home vote, you know? I think it depends. I think depending on the event, it's like, it's like any other sport, you know, some sports are better when you're live. Like football, it's a little better when you're live because you can, especially if you're up high. Yeah, you could see the plays. You can see the plays developing. Another one like that's hockey. Yeah. Baseball is Kind of boring regardless of where you see it. But still good to see a Muck Dogs game once Yeah, but I mean, baseball, going to a game, there is something about it. 
There is, and one of my friend Nick from Fox Forty Five, he was on here. Remember him? And I if do. their new album ever comes out, it's like their Chinese Democracy. But Amanda's really busy, and good for them. And yeah. uh, and the thing about that, he always says, he says, perfect. You go out there, it's a summer night, the grass. Well, that's what it is. It, it invokes. Uh, and, and now, what is it? This is it. This season or next season? The Yankees are playing the. It's the Field of Dreams match. They're actually building a stadium. Huh. In Iowa. <coughs> I can't remember. Was it the Yankees and the Red Sox? I haven't I haven't seen that movie I mean, forever. They played in London. So. Yeah. All but, I remember about the But movie, at some point they're actually going to play in the cornfields of Iowa. For real, Moonlight Graham, yeah. he was real. And he was oh, a yeah. guy because remember he comes on in the movie, then he's a doctor. He's gotta leave and they say you can't come back. Yeah. He literally I think he had one plate appearance. Yeah. I think it, so whoever Wrote the movie, did a good amount of baseball research. And Cooperstown's an interesting town, too, because it's like what you would call your stereotype Americana. You go down there, it's a small town, there's flags all over. I honestly, they, they try to make it look like small-town America. I honestly can't say I've ever been to Cooperstown. I took one trip to the Hall of Fame many years ago. I've only been to one of the four big Hall of Fames, and that was the football one in Canton. Yeah. Um I've been to the hockey one. Yeah, the hockey one's in... Golf tr- one by you? There's a golf hall of fame, or it's in Augusta, maybe. I think the World Golf Hall of Fame is in Augusta. The hockey one's in Toronto. We used to have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame yeah, by us, Am- but now Amst- moved. In Amsterdam, but now it's in Texas? Yeah. Um, baseball's in Cooperstown. Basketball's in Springfield, Massachusetts. How about going to see a CFL game? I'd love to see a CFL game. Now, yes, it's football, but we've never seen Canadian football. I think what really showed me how much better Canadian football can be than the NFL in some ways was, I think it was for the Grey Cup last year. It's because they don't play it in a dome stadium. It's they go to who, whosever stadium has the best record. In November, usually, is when the, the Grey Cup Which is played. Which makes no sense. To me, and I can't explain it because I remember watching the Vikings-Eagles game. The Vikings were getting pasted. So I changed to watch the Grey Cup, but it was Toronto. Yeah. It was in Toronto, but this had to be in January. Because yeah. and I, then last year it was in – it was earlier. I can't figure that one out. I think there was a delay with one of the seasons. And all I remember was because it was Saskatchewan, right? Or, well, it was one of those teams. No, it like was um, Calgary, it was Calgary versus Toronto. Toronto. But the thing about it, the weather was atrocious. And that's I'm, what it is. That's they had what a, a tro- They had like an opening, and then they had Shania Twain. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm, I was getting to. Is that the halftime show was Shania Twain? She comes out riding a dog sled because yeah. it's pouring snow there, and so you know what? Every player in the NFL would. Be, it's too cold. We're not going to play here. Wham! We need a dome. No, you don't. Amen. No. And did you know, I did not know this for the Blue-Gray College game. I discovered just recently by accident that they invite players from Canadian colleges. Yeah, they've And that would be a lately. neat thing to look into is like the, the Canadian college football because you don't even hear about that. Well, actually, here, um, I'm going to blank on his name, but he's one of the starting defensive linemen for the Bears. He started last year. I have no idea. I think I, think I can name Will Fuller on the defense. That's about it. But um, oh, come on, Khalil Mack. Oh, jeez. But in any the event, other linebacker dude. No, but this guy's one of their defensive tackles. He played at the University Roquan of Smith. Yeah, but he played at the University of Regina in Saskatchewan, which everybody's going to pronounce wrong, of course. Well, yeah, because people are dumb. It's not Uranus, guys. No, that it's still funny, but 
It's funny if you're juvenile like we are. Yeah. But no, so yeah, you forget that, you know, Canada does have college football. And you also forget that hockey is not their national sport. No. It's lacrosse. Yeah, and the other thing about that is Canadian football has a very, very long tradition. They've been around oh, a long God. time. Oh, God. I think this past year was the 120-something Grey Cup. Yeah. It's been, the, the Grey Cup's been in existence a hell of a lot and, longer than Lombardi And there's a Trophy. lot of these teams have been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, the Argonauts have been around since the 20s. Well, yeah, Hamilton. Um, Calgary, I think, has had a team forever. You get guys like Bud Grant used to coach Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, and you a lot. Think about a lot of the great NFLers that played in the CFL had a good career in the CFL. Doug Flutie, yeah. Warren Moon. Um, then we have the guy. He played in the NFL, didn't pan out, so he went back to the CFL. He just recently retired. A guy named Ricky Ray, who is amazing, who arguably will go down as probably in the top three best quarterbacks ever in the history of Canadian football. But in terms of sports, too, because we're on this, and I don't know why, the guy with the bowler mustache for some reason reminds me of the bully a little bit. So I'm thinking of obscure sports. Wrestlers may have participated in it a little. But one of mine that I would just be hooked on years ago, not as much now, but you watch, is the World's Strongest Man. Love it. Love the World's Strongest Man. The thing you'll find out about wrestlers, and when I was a kid, it's like, well, they're wrestlers, but... Not a lot of them do very well. Ken Patera, who was very, very legit. Yeah, Ken Patera did fairly well, um... Billy Graham didn't. He did okay, but he never came back. Jerry Blackwell hurt himself. No, what did he do? Did he not come? Did he like not do the whole events? Billy Graham. No, he did all the events. It's just he didn't finish. I think he finished top four. Yeah, no, you got to be top three to to get recognized. I think. Well, don't they have the tug because they used to have the tug of war between the first? Because I remember Bruce because they They one versus four. They got rid of that pretty early. Kolb this wild Patera. Yeah, John Kolb, an offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was maybe two hundred and sixty pounds on a good day, obliterated um, uh, Bruce Wilhelm. In the tug of war, and then because he beat Kolb again, I think it was Lars Hedlund, yeah, the giant Swede. In the tug of war, he was, I think, partially responsible for Bruce Wilhelm winning his second World Strongest. But I always, title. you know, why Putski stands out of being even Putski did not do very well. He finished eighth. Yeah. But the weird part about it is, I remember as a kid, and weird memories stick out. Literally, I was switching back on channels between that and watching the Broncos Steelers playoff game. <laughs> What year was that? That was like when the Orange Crush, 77. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the early world's strongest man. Because I remember that year, and I didn't realize how injured the Steelers were (coughs) that year. World's Strongest Man is just fun. Now, now, out of all the events, what's the one you look in and go, I won't do any of this crap. I I wouldn't do any of it. But which one would be the worst? Any of it. Um, Well, anytime they have to pull something. Like, you see them pulling a plane. Or the big... Oh, easy. Uh, well, the thing, once you get it moving, the one I it's look just at, breaking that initial inertia. The one sticks at my, that's probably it, once you get like a motion well, that's going. That's what it is. If you can get it moving, then it's just going to travel There's a lot of it to technique. All of it. A lot of it. Like, you could be a really massive dude. Well, because look at it. Because look at, um, you look back at, I think it was 1978 or 79, when John Kolb was in there. And he, there was this one, they were in a seated position. And they were basically pulling on a rope that ran through a pulley and was attached to a washing machine. And you had to pull it up to the top. You know, he's up against guys 370 pounds, you know, 
that could throw around cars if they wanted to, but he he yeah. destroyed them because he had better technique. He had the, the right well, lean. Well, let right... us forget, believe it or not, maybe the best center in the NFL ever, Mike Webster. A lot of people looked at him and said, well, this dude's too small. They yeah. didn't realize, number one, he was just absolutely a physical monster. Like 250 and number or so? two, his technique was yeah. just absolutely... And to hear about his workouts, oh. he would run the stadium steps every day. Yep. But you met him too, didn't you? Say he was like I met I met him years ago. Just very quiet guy with a, with a cement crushing handshake. And at that time, he was still not all. Oh, he was. He was I mean, that's the sad. I had the sad experience. It was a Hall of Fame oh, game, I, 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 and he was on there, and they had a thing about him and Terry Bradshaw. Kids, who can forget? Terry saying about though, well, I always stick how many years sticking my hand on Mike Webster's butt. It's only yeah, Terry could just, say. That but then just, seeing a guy like that, that how he was, was just and he's trying to talk. I couldn't watch it. It was sad. It was really bad and everything. But that's but the other thing I'm thinking of too, like this while we're waiting here is summer's coming to an end. This will be out around the end of summer and a lot of people. But as a kid, it seems a lot different now than how it was now for kids. I know we never had play dates or anything. No, basically it was, it would be. You know, I'll see you at dinner. Well, and another thing is, you know, years ago, uh, staying inside was a punishment. Yeah. You know, but now... Well, now it would be stay inside, you can't play your games. Right, but, you know, like you can't play the Xbox. Well, I'll play on my phone, I'll play on my computer, I'll play on my tablet. No, ours was you're not going outside to ride your bike. Yeah. Or what we used to do was dig in the, dig in the dirt with a stick. Do you, know, do you ever have, like, the cool bike you had to have or was it whatever you had it was whatever i had i think i had a i actually think i had a huffy what was your Remember first huffy? one <laughs> it was like the a black and you know like a black frame with like the bright yellow velcro pads that you put over the the bars to make it look I can like give it you was... my funniest one but the first one my first bike i ever got my dad bought it for me and it was a used it was purple nice and it was neat and a lot of people like dirt bikes around us I mean, there was a lot of people because growing up in western Pennsylvania, I didn't realize until I left how rednecky it was. Well, yeah, well, we, I think we were wannabes alive because one of our yeah. biggest things was to get our little little dirt bikes and stuff, and that was everybody tried to save their money <coughs> up and get a dirt no, bike. I, but then yeah. in terms of that one, I remember trashing it from wiping out so much. Yeah, I never had a dirt bike. Uh, there was a couple people that had them. They were the same guys that had the Z28s in their front yards. Oh, yeah, well, we had. The other thing we had. With the you, bent antennas and, and, I guarantee, and the, the eight ball on top You ever notice, I always say one of the things, and John Adams would talk about this too, I'm sure, is that we make things where we're punished because of the actions of like a very minority of really dumb people. You mean like fireworks? Well, a lot of stuff like one of the examples would be lawn jarts where everybody had them. <laughs> and hell, I got to admit, we threw them at each other. We were kids. What are oh, you do? Oh god! Now, for you know, for those that don't know what jarts are, you can look them up. You can look them up. Uh, I'll they, put a picture when this well, comes no, they, out. I'll put a picture they, on the site. They still have them, but they're plastic now. Uh, but back back in the what eighties, I think up until maybe even the nineties, uh, maybe they were. Very heavy, and it was a metal spike on a plastic dart. And what you would do is you, you would take the hoop, hoop. you throw the hoop out, and you try to get them in the hoop. Yeah. And the story and goes what many happens. Many people, probably some people were injured. Well, what happened, in the story I heard, it was one guy, and his son got a hold of him, and he got hurt. Yeah. And it's tragic, but it happens, and it's life. And you have to realize, like Jesse the Body, Ventura said, you can't outlaw stupidity. Right, but it, at the same time... 
it may not have been a good idea to sell those to kids. Well, it was the dad there. You know, he didn't watch him. Yeah. But he didn't put him in a secure place. So he sort of led to the ban. But I guess the one I'm thinking of now, and I don't know if they're banned or not, what we used to do all the time were model rockets. And we had a Jesus, guy up the street. Now these were, around. and these in the day, we had a guy up the street named Freddie. And these days, I could guarantee if I mentioned this guy, this is the guy who liked to hang around kids, and he used to be big into model rockets, and he didn't have any kids of his own, so he would like we would make rockets. And he wasn't a weirdo. Yeah. See, if I say immediately, as I say it, there's yeah, a guy exactly. who's not married, doesn't have kids, but yeah. he used to help, and he would we would build model rockets and shoot them off all the time. I'm. Do not see these things. I anywhere. haven't seen a model rocket in years. I remember I used to do it when you get the little engine with the little cardboard thing and you had to connect it. Yeah. Or I can the never... scarier one, the, the dreaded cannon you can make. And uh, this was, was me. it was it was a cannon, and what you would do is somehow you get lighter fluid, you get a tennis ball, and you end up shooting it. <laughs> but see, nobody cared like those days. Yeah. It was just I don't know, and everybody said, "Oh, it's much." It was much safer back then. I don't think it was. No, we had. I think the uh, the same amount of danger for kids, especially, existed. It's just we didn't know about it because there was no internet. We wiped out. I mean, there we used to know about strangers, and the thing oh, yeah. was, we had a couple weirdos around, but we knew enough. Like there's the I remember the there's a weird guy by the convenient. There's it's still there that convenient we used to hang out at. Yeah. Used to go get wacky packs, whatever. But there was like this one guy, and he's like, "Son, you want to come to the car? Give me some." And you know, you were smart enough to know not that's to a, go bound these characters. That's the thing. If you know, I mean, common sense is the only thing that's really changed. It's disappearing. Yeah. You remember that old picture? It's some generic superhero. It's just common sense, so rare it should be a superhero. Well, I think it goes like this. Okay, some kid, something happens, like a, some stranger gets some, or they have a problem. Yeah. Okay, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's not a thing we ever want to happen, but the fact is, it's rare. That's the thing. It's rare. It's not as common as people think. And missing children, it's a horrible thing. But oh, one God. of the things, most of them... It's because of a like a settlement, like in a divorce, some parent might take him, yeah. or they count like say he sleeps over a friend's house. Yeah. They count it as missing because he hasn't been at home for twenty four hours. All right, well, to shift gear, did you ever actually see a milk carton with a kid's picture on it? No, I don't think I. I was gonna say, were those real or was that just? In oh, I movies? think they were real, though. No, okay. I think they were real. I because I never saw you always see it in like movies. But what was like one of yours to get back to is always we go from serious to funny to serious. Oh yeah, what the What's hell did a, we start on? Oh yeah, wrestling. But, yeah. Well, reading the line here is huge too because well, once you want to go in here, yeah, I you know I want to go in there again. But what did you used to do back in the day there, the old days there when you were during the summer? Besides, hope school never started again. Uh, fireflies. Oh, all the time. Yeah, because, I mean, they're starting to come up here a little more, but that's one thing I noticed when I moved from Pittsburgh to western New York, especially around Rochester, is that there weren't a lot of fireflies. They come in terms of there's a couple weeks if you can catch them. Yeah. Literally, like, I would walk the dog by Unity Hospital, and some some years you get the right time, right time of night. It literally looks like Christmas lights. There's so many of them. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's how it was. You would look out in the yard, and it just looked like a Pink Floyd laser show. We would go out and you know catch them in mayonnaise jars, yeah. you know, and you know, we were, you know, a day or so later they'd be dead. And like, oh crap, we forgot to put air holes in it, so we'd empty it out, put air holes in it, go out and catch them again. And then another... I went in my little terrariums. I go catch yeah. stuff out in the field. I remember getting a praying mantis. Yeah, but then a day later they'd be dead again. Like, what's going on? We didn't realize at the time. 
when they flash, they're on their death yeah. rows because they're just a one last ditch effort to try to find a mate. Or did you know that the that comes out of their rear ends too? Oh yeah, because we looked at them. Yeah, they come out of their rear ends. So yeah, because like... we were looking at them. You know, we would catch them, and they're very. They they weren't like skittish bugs like you could hold them in your hand and they'd walk around yeah. so we would be able to look at them. I always said that sort of like growing up I remember because for me it was like the irony of when football would be starting and I was big into football but it would be meaning that well great falls coming but then schools coming back and I remember tracing like when you're getting older how time goes by the time when it was summer and when you were kids summer seemed like it lasted forever then all of a sudden by Senior year, grade school, so you're counting the weeks, and all of a sudden you know you have to get school supplies. Well, school supplies, and for, for us, it was football training camp. Which made us want to go back to school full-time, pretty much. <laughs> and ours wasn't as weird. Yeah, <laughs> yours. All right, let's 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 do that, because... No, his is a lot worse we'll grow, than mine. You know, western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh to be specific. <clears throat> for training camp, it was two weeks of what they called three-a-days. So it's three practices a day. I get to college, it's two. I was oh, like, what the hell? A joke for that stuff. But no, it was literally, if I can remember the exact times of the schedule, I think the first practice was 8.30 to 11. And then we would, um, it's a.m. by the way, 8.30 to 11. Then we would get lunch uh, and we would usually, they would have a place, because we never left school until the end of the day, we would go sleep somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes we would sleep in the wrestling room because they had the mats. Sometimes we just slept in the classrooms. We'd move the desk out because it was yeah. kind of air-conditioned. Then you had the 2 to 4.30 practice yeah. or the 2 to 4 special teams practice, which really wasn't a practice, yeah. in the middle. And then, you know, dinner, nap, and then it was 6 to did 8. You, could you challenge for a position to Oh, yeah. We did they those. Did. Those were fun. The bull in the ring? Bull in the ring, Oklahoma drills. Oh, a bull in the ring. I hated it. Yeah. Did you ring. ever barf during practice? Oh, yes. I did the one. This is, thank you, a friend of mine who was sort of affiliated with Gothic Toad that put mayonnaise on a French fries. Bowman. No, it wasn't him. It's it actually somebody who was like an auxiliary, not oh. really part of it. I'm still blaming Bowman. Hi, Bowman. Love you. But he'll be back. Yeah, morning. But I had, he put mayonnaise on my French fries during lunch, and I had these. Well, at least and, then, gonna... and then afterwards, we did the shuttle yeah. runs, which the shuttle run is you get a bike for position, and Coach Heck would forget the time, and I remember, like, trying to hold it in. No, wait a minute. Now, okay, since you brought up Coach Heck, and you and I have talked about it before, why was he such a hard coach? Where was he from? Ah, Pittsburgh. There you go. And I wish him well still, because I always heard that he went off to do some job in business. That's everybody's football's loss because I thought he was great. But he would talk about his three days yeah. and he'd say if we thought we had it hard. And I... he never had us do the sled, though. Oh, God, and really? The why, I'll tell you why. Because in terms of our equipment, he took one look at the sled we had and he said, you ain't doing this. Oh, we did the sled all the time. We had um, a two-man sled and I think we had a big seven-man. But ours stunk. I mean, it was like... Well, yeah, ours stunk because... It's pads, and we're not going to wash it. But it was it. busted and everything, too. Uh, That's what I mean. That's but why I, he just took a look at it and said, to heck with that. But they, uh, the sled wasn't so much a training device as it was a punishment device. Yeah. So they would put three people on the seven-man sled. The coach yeah. would stand on the back. Yeah. But, you know, it, uh, and then I got to here. And, oh, and then recently, <coughs> my old high school, um. I think two years ago, a kid from that high school who went to the University of Pittsburgh was drafted into the NFL. Offensive lineman. 
the offensive line coach at the time was a guy I graduated with and played alongside. So, Coach John Allerich. If he listens to it, he probably doesn't. No. But I was talking to him because I reached, when I saw this, I reached out to him to congratulate him. You know, that's a big thing. You know, your first, one of your kid, one of your guys that you helped develop is now in the NFL. So I reached out and congratulated them, and I, and I said, you know, how's uh, three a days going? He's like, oh, dude, they don't do three a days anymore. I'm like what? He's like, yeah, man, nobody's allowed to do I three a days say anymore. Now, like, if they had any coach like Vince Lombardi, that the guy'd probably get reported. Oh, all the old coaches, uh, your your Tom Landry's, Just your not Vince your Lombardi's, because he was he was actually kind of a different, yeah. but Chuck Knoll. Yeah, all the great coaches would not have been allowed to exist. Yeah. But Jesus God, I just rem- and as we wrap it up here because I can see the register. Yes, I want that bag. The gassers. Yeah. Oh, horrible. Now, for people that don't are maybe know it under a different name, it was um, you would stand on the sideline of the football field, and you would have to run across and run back, run across and run back. And um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the field is 53 yards wide. Yeah. Or somewhere around there. It's not, it's a little over half of the length of the official field. The goal line to goal line, not end line to end line. But we would do, oh God, so many of them. <laughs> and then if the coach was really angry, he'd make us keep the helmets on and buckle the chin straps. Yeah. But if we were okay, you'd say, you know, helmets off, shoulder pads uh, off. And oh, do it. we never did. They always had them on. Every now and then. But then he would start timing it by position. And then if he was really pissed off at us, he'd make the linemen run with the receivers and get oh. their time. Oh. But. Is that a dandelion there? <laughs> oh, God. I can't. I still can't believe I said that dandelion. I'm, well, then, to be fair, I've said some bad puns. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's weird. Another summer come and gone. And yeah. It seems like the blink of an eye, isn't it? Yep. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? It's been an interesting year, I can say that. So. Well, that's putting it mildly, I think. Anything else you got? Yes, actually, for I know what I'm going to do a little bit at the end. It sort of fits in with us, I suppose, because we're weird. Yeah. And my friend Leo, she plays the pipa. And this is an ancient Chinese instrument. And best way to describe it is if you go back to the, the Star Trek episode where Spock jams with the space hippies. Oh, that's God. what it looks like, but that's what it looks like a little. It's a very ancient instrument, and she'll be on sometime, hopefully. But I was going to yeah, play yeah. a song, and I was going to do King of the Carrot Flowers, but it's like got three parts. So I don't know That's how long little, it is. So yeah. I was good. So we'll play Lay. This is for you. And when you're on, you could play King of the Flared Flowers or maybe play that Pippa Live. But we'll play the Pippa Concerto. This is ancient music, actually. She did one album of new songs. And this is actually a couple of these are actually old melodies. I'm looking so. at the picture. It kind of almost looks like a, a lute type thing. Yeah, you could take a picture of it and put it up there yeah, if you want. It, it almost looks like a lute, but without that bent down yeah. part. See, we know things about So m- this is going to be Andy going in here. I think it fault. Hey, I could have topped that one. Yeah, well, it hurt me a little bit inside and out. But should we wrap it yeah. up? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. So for whatever the hell this was, go out and enjoy what's remaining of your summer, or if I air this later, happy winter, because we all know how Rochester is. Yep. So until the next time, I'm Zach. I'm Rob. Usually. Usually. And we will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.